The scripture reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be with you all. Amen. The word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Becky Patton, and if I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, I would love to meet you, but you need to know this about me. Oh, I'm not very strong. What? I need help. Wrong one? Okay, thank you so much. I, um, that's perfect, that's perfect. Um, I'll start again. My name's Becky Patton. If, you, if I have not met you, um, the beautiful thing, if I have met you, I will meet you again. I am one of those people, um, Linda, this, I met Linda this morning, and Linda said, you know, I'm not good with names, and I went, oh, great, we belong together, because we get to keep reintroducing ourselves to each other. So um, anyway, my name's Becky Patton, and I am an attender here at um, Genesis and have been here since the beginning, but the reality is, is I am still learning and growing. I'm growing with this community, and I'm very grateful for that. So this morning's scripture is from 2 Corinthians, and if anybody who knows me, you need to know that one of my options this morning was Genesis 1. Oh, I just, it was slam dunk when Steve asked me, and I thought, I know what I'm going to do. It's no problem. I don't need, even need to worry about it. And then as I started sitting in the lectionary this last week, it was, became very clear to me that God wanted to take me out of my comfort zone. So anybody here and here greet your fellow brother with a holy kiss and it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Oh good, then you belong to. Okay, we're, we're here together. So this is a new scripture for me to teach and I'm actually really excited about it. But I have to be honest, I'm a little bit scared. I'm just a little bit scared. So it's good to see my friends' faces and know that I am amongst friends. So let's pause for just a moment in prayer. God, who you are is all we need. Oh, how we need you. So in these next 20 minutes, I ask that it would be your breath that ushers over the words prepared and that you would guide us and direct us so that we can grow more in that image of you that is in each one of us. Maybe grow more aware of how wildly in love you are with us. And you want us to share that with this world. Thank you. Amen. <clears throat> so, in reading this passage, I want to start with a question What does it mean to belong? This is class participation. You can leave me hanging here for about seven seconds and then my brain's gonna kick into fight or flight. Okay? So what does it mean to belong? To be with your people, what? 
to be a part of something, to be with your people, to have a home, to be known and accepted, to give and receive. Oh, I love all these answers. They're great. Um, yes, exactly. That's what it means. So today I'm going to start with... Um, I'm going to start with this. I have two verses I'm going to try and hang out today, and we're going to see how much we get through. But the verse I want to start with is greet one another with a holy kiss. And I, my, I have to be really honest with you. My Greek is not great in the sense of pronunciation, and I have listened to this word and listened to this word. But here's how it actually translates in Greek. Aspeami. Aspeami. And so we're not going to use that word. We're going to use greet. Okay. <laughs> Because that sounds a lot better. The other way, it sounds like I'm almost trying to throw something up, and I'm not. So we're going to greet. And here's what it means in Greek. To enfold, to welcome, and to receive joyfully. So I'm going to say that verse again. I want you to enfold, to embrace, and to welcome, receive joyfully, with a holy kiss, one another. What does that sound like? What kind of community could do that? What would a community that did that actually, what would the fruit of that be? Can you imagine? Would you feel the giving and the receiving? Would you feel like you belonged? Would you feel like it was home if that was the community? I'm going to start back in the back in the culture that this was written in. A kiss was some was a way of being able to be both vulnerable with one another, but it was also a way of saying, "I see you, and you belong." And one of the ways that this got played out a great deal was be, between the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, it was unheard of for a Jewish person to kiss a Gentile. It, unheard of. But in this culture, the way they showed belonging was for a Jewish person began to, that had been around Jesus, what they wanted to show is we actually believe in one another, with one another, we believe in this Jesus, this risen Jesus. And so they would extend a holy kiss to one another. They went across the thing that was the most uncomfortable part of their being, and they extended a holy kiss. Now, now we're getting a little dicey. What's your other that you can absolutely not imagine? There's no way possible I'm ever going to, I could not extend a kiss to this in my life. And I'm not asking you to say things out loud because we, that might hurt. Um, but the reality is, is this week, I started to confront some of that in my own life in different ways. I was, as I was at, like, what is my other God? And I realized, I found myself at Lake Calhoun, and I just dropped my daughter off at the airport, that I'm not going to see this daughter for, maybe I might see her in nine months, I don't know, right now. But for me, that's an anguish. It's a pain. It's a loss. It's a grief. And so I planned I was going to walk around Lake Calhoun, and um, my other was, is I didn't want anybody to know I was hurting. So I wanted to hide. And I ran to the lake. 
And I walked around the lake, and there's one part of Lake Calhoun, anybody been there, that you, it's one single lane, and if you don't look up, you're going to get smashed by a bicycle, or somebody's going to start swearing at you because you're in the wrong lane, and it's just very annoying. And so I'm, down, I'm looking down two-thirds of the way around, feeling sorry for myself, like, God, I've got to leave this here, because the reality is, is I don't want to have to share with anybody how much this hurts. I don't want anybody to see me crying. I don't want anybody to feel my pain with me. Because you know what? Feeling my pain alone feels pretty noble. And I can be a martyr about this, and I can just suffer alone. And I'm down like this, and all of a sudden I come to the single lane, and I have to look up, and who do I look into the eyes of? I look into the eyes of Mary, who goes to church here, Mary and Tom. She's running. She's sweaty, dripping sweat. Sorry, Mary. Um, she was glowing. We'll say glowing. Yeah, she was glowing. And she looked at me eye to eye, and she greeted me with a holy kiss in that she extended her arms, and she said, Becky, what's going on? And I chose in that moment to open up my pain and not hide and allowed myself to be greeted with a holy kiss. She embraced me with her sweaty hug. And for a moment, I didn't have to feel my pain alone. For a moment, I stood on this very crowded path where people were very angry at us because we were stopped right smack dab in the middle of the one-lane section you're not supposed to stop in. And she held me. She held my pain because she knows how to identify with love. See, greeting one another with a holy kiss is not necessarily something that's convenient, planable, or even understandable in the moment. But what does it take to be able to receive something like that? What is it like to put yourself in a position where you go, okay, I'm going to open up to this other person and allow them to enter in for a moment. What does it take? What does it feel like to invite somebody else to share your pain with you? Courage? Trust? Vulnerable? Oh, relief? Oh, yeah, that's the regret piece. Yeah, like, oh, it's risky, isn't it? It is risky, and it is vulnerable. But what Paul is talking about in this scripture here, he's talking to the church of Corinth. And when he's talking to them, this is the final letter that we know of that Paul wrote to them. And this church is struggling with who are they going to be? Who are they going to be? And I love that in the final passage, he starts to say to them, above all else, whatever you're wrestling with, whatever it is, greet one another with a holy kiss. Open up. Receive each other joyfully. And I think one of the things that's so beautiful, I love what you shared earlier, Kate, about the whole element of can we greet one another in our doubt? 
Can we greet one another in our fear? Can we greet one another when we're carrying something that feels unbearable? Can we greet one another as we're struggling? See, it doesn't say in here, greet one another as soon as you get everything right and you know that you're on the same page. How often have you met somebody and like, I got to know, okay, like, where do you work? What do you believe? What church do you go to? Um, what, what are your opinions on the current political situation? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Thank you, Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, but I mean, the reality is, is what we're looking for in belonging, are we looking for belonging that marks us so that we feel comfortable or belonging that marks us so we have to be in a place that we look at what's inside of us? A number of years ago, I was... Um, I found myself at a bed and breakfast in Wisconsin that is absolutely the best bed and breakfast I've ever been to in my whole life. And I am not telling you where it's at because it is so hard to get into as it is. Okay? Um, but the beauty of this bed and breakfast was that um, there were these two men that ran it, and they were, they were a couple. And I, had, I was confronted for the first time with when they carried my luggage in, and he looked down and he goes, what's that I carried my Bible in? He goes, is that a Bible? I said, yeah. And he goes, what are you? I said, I'm a pastor. Oh. And those two men and I became some of the best of friends because we just opened our arms up and joyfully welcomed. It took time. Joyfully welcomed one another. And do you know what changed in me? I chose to open my arms up and embrace and love and respect and value these two men where they were in life because of love. It changed me. It changed me. And it changed me in a way that when I greet people, I have less judgment part of the time. I'd like to say I have less judgment all the time, but I don't. I wish I did, but I want to have less judgment. How do we greet one another? How do we greet one another? How do we open ourselves up to joyfully welcome in? Have you ever experienced being joyfully welcomed in? Have you ever experienced being enfolded? How many of you have experienced that? And you know it. How do you know that you've been enfolded? How do you know it? You feel seen. You feel loved. A sense of peace. You feel connected. Feels warm. It does, doesn't it? You feel what? You feel safe. Okay, how easy is it to make the decision to be to receive. How many of you here you like to give? You like to give. I mean, come on, we're Midwestern, yeah. We like to give, right? 
Did you know that the Midwest is the number one responder in national crises here in the U.S.? We like to give. What's it like to have to receive? Not very uncomfortable. Why isn't it uncomfortable? Why is it uncomfortable, Charlie? It's humbling. It just is. Oh, you're not the center of attention. Ooh, whoa, whoa. Okay, we're ooh. Now, now we're really touching stuff. That, that's that's kind of dangerous. We're not in control. How much do we like being in control? A lot, right? Thank you. I'm with my people. <laughs> and the reality is, is if I am going to receive. I am not in control. Now, as we were, when we were on our way here, my head, or my, we had hit the, how many hit the storm? That was awesome, right? Um, my husband made me pull into the garage. I don't like pulling into the garage when I'm headed towards preaching a sermon. I said, do you realize I have to get there? I'm preaching this morning. And he was like, there's a storm coming. It's dangerous. Let's get in the garage with the car. And there was this moment when I looked across at this man and I knew I needed to receive protection. Now, I'm a strong woman. And you can, amen to that. <laughs> yeah, that'll preach. Yeah, he's that, thank you, thank you, honey, yeah. Um, I am a strong woman, and one of the things I struggle with the most is receiving protection, especially from my husband. So it's interesting to me the place that we find most, I think, that we get to practice this greeting, enfolding, welcoming joyfully is in our intimate relationships. Because those are the ones, believe it or not, that change us from the inside. What does it mean to be a community that greets one another, first in your intimate relationships and then in the community at large? What if we were that type of community? Now, I feel very welcome here at Genesis. I have always felt welcome, and people are very kind to me when I say their name wrong. People are very kind when I introduce myself for the third time. I'm very grateful. I feel at home here. I feel at home. I feel welcomed. I feel a part of something. But this, a couple weeks ago, we had the town meeting, and Steve asked a question of some of the people that were there, and there, not everybody was there, but there were a large number there, and um, he said, how many of you are new this last year? And about 15 people raised their hands. And he says, now I'm going to ask you a really hard question. He said, um, how many of you felt it was easy to feel welcome? And from where I was sitting, only one person raised their hand of the 15. Yeah? Um, but only one person did. And you know what I felt in that moment? I was like, oh, I want to be a community that knows how to welcome people. I think it's something we can all grow in. I think it's something we can all look at. And here's the thing is, 
greeting, welcoming, to receive someone joyfully may not be through a physical hug. Some people aren't comfortable with that. That's okay. That's okay. This um, couple, last week I was at Whole Foods and I ran into Toby. Toby, are you here? Toby's here. Toby gave me the warmest, welcome, joyful greeting when he saw that I was struggling with my grandson in a cart and um, trying to get the groceries up. My grandson's trying to climb out of the cart. This is a new thing to him. He doesn't have carts where he lives. And he was trying to climb out of it, and I'm trying to get the groceries up in the cart, and Toby comes running across Whole Foods, and he just starts grabbing my groceries and putting them up on the cart, on the conveyor belt for me. And then he punches me in the leg and walks off. (laughs) Toby greeted me with a holy kiss. Toby greeted me with a kind of love that was needed in the moment because Toby stopped to see me. Where's the first place in Scripture that we see the word holy used? Genesis doesn't count when you say just Genesis. You have to be more specific. What? Sabbath day, thank you. It's Karen, right? Okay. Well, that's okay, but you said it louder, so you, I heard you. <laughs> the Sabbath day. What does Sabbath mean? Stop. So what if greeting one another with a holy kiss is more about us stopping so that we can see? Toby saw me. Toby knew, took what he had available to him, and he used it for a kingdom purpose. See, here's the thing is, is if we get caught up and try to make, there are, when you do the research on greed one another with a holy kiss, you find out people are pretty either legalistic about it, or they're pretty much, it's just a hypothetical, hypothetical, something that was old and not needed. And what if we took this in the middle and we allowed ourselves to know who we are I love what Claire said. Claire, thank you for saying, there you are. Claire, Claire, what Claire said is she brings who she is and she uses her gifts and her spiritual gifts in a way that it connects with the community. See, your, who you are is actually needed. We don't need more people. We don't need people to do just what Toby did. We need Toby to be Toby. We need Dave to be Dave. We need Stephanie to be Stephanie. And together to greet one another, joyful welcome. Embrace to enfold. What is that to feel enfolded? How beautiful is it to feel enfolded? A number of years ago, I was um, deeply hurt by somebody I love very, very much. And in being hurt, I was wounded and I wanted to hide again. I kind of have this pattern in my life. I want to hide when I'm hurt. I'm probably totally alone in that. (laughs) And I was so hurt, but I had to keep seeing this person. And in seeing this person, every time it reiterated to me how much I was hurt. And one day... I'm on, my, on this walk, and I just know that I know that I know I'm going to run into this person. And I'm like, how do I know this? I'm going to run into this person 
What am I going to say? And this very gentle voice inside of me said, um, or I felt, or I saw something. I don't, I, it's mystical. God is mysterious, right? And what, I, what if you just stopped looking at how hurt you are and saw the person? And you know what? I am not kidding you. I walked around the corner. This person's walking right at me with their head down, and I was like, this would be really easy just to do this and walk past. <laughs> and I stopped, and I extended my arms, and I asked the question, how are you? Now, I'll be honest. It was probably one of the most risky things I felt I'd ever done. I was rejected. I didn't feel safe. But I realized that I trusted God in that moment more than I trusted the other person. And it taught me something about greeting is not just about me. It's about something that God is doing in a realm that I don't understand. And here's how I know it. You cannot greet in that way other people unless you have first experienced being greeted yourself. You cannot enfold another human being unless you've been enfolded first yourself. And I'd been enfolded a long time ago. It happens to us over and over again. But as I was reflecting on this week, one of the ones that I came up with that I realized and God brought back to mind, when I was 13, I ran away from home. Now, not just a little running away from home. I hopped on a train, and I ended up, a, I lived in Texas, and I ended up in Oklahoma City. For any of you that know, Texas is a really big state. That's a really big deal to make it that far. The sad part is um, my parents had to drive all night to get me the next day, and they came and picked me up. I was in a detention center, and... Um, I drove back. All I remember from driving back was silence. My parents were hurt. I was, they didn't understand. I was angry. I was an angry, strong, bitter young woman. And when I showed up at church the next day on Sunday morning, we got back on Saturday, the whole church knew. And I was met with a wall of shame, a wall to this day, I remember what it's like to walk in with my hurt. And I think in many ways that's why I want to hide. But here's the thing. Catherine Fisher met me at the door. Catherine Fisher met me at the door. She looked me in the eyes. She took my hand, my face in her two hands, and she looked me at me and said, Becky? I love you. Come on. And she didn't give me a choice. She enfolded me, wrapped her arm, and marched me down to the second pew from the front and sat next to me the whole service with her arm holding me tight. I was enfolded. I was joyfully received. I was held and welcomed. And somewhere deep inside of me, something happened from somebody else that gave me courage to choose to over and over step in and embrace people that are different from me. 
people that might wound me, people that might not understand me, people that I may hurt. We don't know the seeds of life that will come from one greeting, I'm here for you. What we do know is science has this beautiful thing that they've discovered, the limpic resolution. Sorry, limpic resonance. <laughs> Your limpic system is working right now. It's helping you breathe. It's helping you breathe. It's, how, it's what causes you to swallow. You don't even have to think about it. It's what causes us to protect ourselves. We don't even think about it. Like if I drop my phone right now on my toe and it would, I'd pull my toe back because it hurt. It's, it's the limbic system is just going. But what science has told us is that when we are in danger or when we are hurting, face-to-face -face contact, looking into the eyes of another human being, calms another human being's limbic system that is directly related to fight or flight. Your cortisol drops, your endorph good endorphins rise up, and you can feel safe from looking eye to eye with another human being. See, God didn't make us to heal in isolation. God made us to heal in community because community is the way in which Believe it or not, we are also wounded. But community is the way in which we will heal. So greet one another with a holy kiss. And can we recognize that those holy moments are places where we stop and we turn aside to notice them? See, I think they're happening all the time. Can we pay attention? Can we see them? And my other question, going back to Alicia, what you said, will we receive them? Because receiving is risky and it's dangerous because we might get hurt. But we might not. We might get healed where we didn't even know we needed to be healed. I was on a walk yesterday and um, with a friend and she was processing some stuff and it was just rising up and out. The more we walked, and we, it was hot yesterday walking. It was hot. And we were walking in the intense foot up, up these hills and just marching along. And um, at one point in the walk, I said, stop, stop. I've got to look at you. And I looked in her eyes and we held one another's gaze just long enough as we were processing and um, for both of us, something began to calm in us. And then I, I was the one who had prepared the sermon. She reminded me that, I'd, that we'd done the sermon. In doing that, what ended up happening is we both became calmer. We both could hear God. We could pray again. And we could listen. But it was done in community. We need one another. We need one another as we are because we were created to greet one another, to enfold one another, to joyfully receive one another with a holy kiss, to stop, to notice, to touch, to see. 
and I don't mean texting. How many things happen over text that might possibly could happen face to face? How many things, and I'm not against texting, I do it all the time too. I'm just saying, can we recognize the places where we are called to see one another, grasp the moment, and offer a greeting of a holy kiss? Don't miss out the ways our children will teach us what this looks like. Don't miss out just because you're dripping sweat. Don't miss out because a whole congregation is choosing shame and you're the only one that's standing and saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Don't miss out because you don't understand someone where someone's at. Be in the process. Before we go into our time of silence, or 60 seconds of silence, I was struck by Anne Lamont. One, she's one of my favorite authors. But the reading that you guys had picked out on the worship team, um, I just saw it when I came in, and it said, my coming to faith did not start with a leap, but rather a series of staggers from what seemed like one safe place to another, like lily pod pads, round and green. These places summoned and then held me up while I grew. Each prepared me for the next leaf on which I would land, and in this way, I moved across the swamp of doubt and fear. Genesis, can we greet one another with a holy kiss? Will we greet one another with a holy kiss, and will we receive the greeting of one another when we need it. So we can feel the expansion of a dangerous kind of love that changes not just us, but someone we may never again get to see. Let's move into 60 seconds of silence. <laughs> 